The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Cowboys is Camping Out. Presented by Solo Stove. And broadcasting live from training camp in Oxnard, California. Welcome into our podcast, Camping Out, presented by Solo Stove. We are here in Oxnard, and we are so excited to recap the first day uh, of training camp for the Dallas Cowboys. Nick Eatman, Patrick Nosey-Walker, Haley Sutton, Nick Harris, and Kyle Yeomans joining you here. Guys, this is so exciting for me because this is my first opportunity, obviously, to be here at training camp. Nick, I know this is the case for you as well. But for some of you veterans, you've, you've been here before. You, you've seen how this works. Uh, so I want to open it up to you guys. Just what's the feeling going into training camp 2023? Nick, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, just the excitement going into this year. Well, I, the excitement for me is that, you know, on one hand, everything is, is, you know, this is something we've seen before. At least I've seen it before. It, you know, I've been out here to this golf course, all that. But, you know, every once in a while, things change. Like, there's a campfire, you know, like, <laughs> or, or, or there's a Nick Harris here. There's another Nick, you know. So, like, it, it is cool on one hand that, that it, it's always something different, but yet it, things change, and then they don't at the same time. And that's, what I think, what, what keeps it fun. And today, it was, it was fun. It was like, welcome to training camp. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of headlines to get to. Uh, Patrick, for you, obviously, you were here last year. Uh, you know, what are some headlines and stuff that you were looking forward to prior to all of the news that we got today? <laughs> I mean, and prior to this and, you know, the reported um, contract situation with Zach Martin, for me it was the excitement of seeing what Brandon Cooks will bring to the offense for the Cowboys because we know what Stephon Gilmore does. We know what he's going to bring. And you know what Brandon Cooks does. But we're entering a camp wherein the Cowboys offense needs to have a bounce back year. And, and if they can match serves with what the defense has already proven and the fact that the defense might even level up, I mean, this could be a very special year, and that's, that's exciting. Obviously, the topic of conversation today has been the contract situation, whether it's holdouts or getting an extension. And Nick Harris, for you, welcome to Cowboys training camp less than five minutes after we wrap up our uh, initial press conference with Jerry and Steven and Mike. We get the news uh, that Trayvon Diggs has been extended. Uh, talk us through that deal and what that means for this Cowboys organization. Yeah, absolutely. There's a large handful of guys who are awaiting contract extensions. And uh, Steven and Jerry, throughout the spring, they were kind of hush on exactly how they wanted to play about uh, going about each deal and uh, you know there wasn't an order by any means but Trayvon Diggs is the first one that gets it he's going to be the fourth highest paid cornerback in the NFL now he gets a five-year extension 97 million dollars so uh, you know it, it's big time for Trayvon just because he can he can lock down that spot and really hone in on his craft over the, ne over the next six years and uh, he becomes that Cowboys franchise corner I feel like it's really the first one that the Cowboys have had since Dion. So uh, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. And that uh, that paycheck for Trayvon, too, is a little bit exciting to mm. see, even from the outside looking in. Uh, Kyle, for you, we had a chance to hear from Steven and Jerry and Mike McCarthy earlier. Uh, besides this big Trayvon news, what were some of the takeaways that you took from that press conference? Well, I think it, it starts with, with the expectation. I mean, there's always high expectations. Every team has everything in front of them whenever they start training camp. But you can realistically put that list down to eight or nine teams that legitimately have a shot to win it all. And this is a team that, at least on paper, looks like they have that shot going into training camp. And so I think a lot of it was, was the expectations that have been put on the table, not only because of those, those off-season acquisitions and not only because of some of the leadership that's returning, but some of the youth that's coming up as well. And this is a camp where there are a lot of battles. There are a lot of position groups that are going to have 
a chance to win spots. I mean, you talk about wide receiver, cornerback, and, and it might not be that number one spot or that number two spot, but it's going to be those third and fourth spots that are definitely up for grabs. Tons of training camp battles that are going to be on the line, and if you need or if, you, if you're ever going to make that run, you're going to win a championship, and they said it today, you need every person on your roster to be all in, and you're going to start to see that here in Oxnard. That's what's most exciting for me and one of the early takeaways that we had. It's interesting, too. You mentioned about everybody being all in. Obviously, the elephant in the room here is that Zach Martin is not present with us. <laughs> Jerry and Steven both adamant in saying that they weren't going to discuss business uh, with football. Uh, but just how big of a deal is that for a guy like Zach Martin, who's had the career that he has, making a stand and not coming to training camp? Yeah, I thought I would see a campfire at training camp before I would see <laughs> Zach Martin <laughs> not, not here we at, are. at camp. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. Missed by a couple of <laughs> Yeah. Almost got I, there. You know, and that's what kind of the stuff I was talking about earlier is that even though you think you've seen it all, other than a, a Super Bowl and NFC Championship game for me, but, but I've seen just about everything else. I, I'm surprised with the Zach Martin news, but at the same time, I understand it because, you know, when everyone's getting getting a bag, you, you want one too, when you yep. are the best player and the most consistent player on the team. So I could argue both sides of this, but I understand where Zach's coming from. I, I think if this what – he hasn't missed anything yet. You know, like we'll, we'll see, but, it, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting how it plays out. For me, I, I, I have so many fans asking me what my definition of Martin is. Uh, not necessarily in, in the aspect of where he fits in with the Dolph, but more so in the aspect of I'm a big Oxford fan. I'm an old Oxford fan. If it comes to a situation with Zach Martin, some or all of them are saying, well, I'm not concerned with him stepping in day one. Then it would have to be no. <laughs> I'm more concerned with seeing a concussion from the moon falling out of the sky and hitting me in the back of the head. <laughs> uh, Zach or Martin, those golf balls that are on the yeah. yeah. actually probably oh, would have like been better. That's what I'm watching here. <laughs> exactly. Zach Martin is the consummate pro on and off the field. He is uh, arguably, and I don't know who to argue against it, the best player on this team. He's the best guard in the business and has been for most of his career. Definitive first ballot Hall of Famer is the consensus there. Zach Martin could miss the entirety of training camp, and hopefully that's not the case. We'll see how it plays out. But if he does, I'm not concerned about his level of play. But circling back to the contract situation, I'm also not concerned about the Cowboys' ability to resolve that because, again, it's Zach Martin, so we'll get it done. Yeah, that's kind of the energy that I felt as well when we were having that conversation at the press conference is they didn't want to talk about it because they didn't want to tip anybody's hand uh, in terms of what they were thinking. Uh, on the flip side of that, I guess behind that offensive line, you have Dak Prescott, the quarterback who everybody's been talking about. I literally listened to all of the shows this morning on ESPN and all that talk about Dak and the expectations <laughs> uh, that Dak has with this organization. Uh, where do you see his focus going in? I mean, obviously, he took the whole offense on a trip last week to Atlanta just to get their minds right, to get them ready for training camp, and also you've been working with them in the Dak yard all offseason. Where do we see Dak? What are our expectations for him coming into training camp? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, this new offense that has been structured around Mike McCarthy, it's structured around Dak and, and his language. Mike McCarthy said it best. And, you know, whenever Dak talks about this offense, he gets a little extra layer of excitement just because – He's going to be putting the air through the ball, don't get me wrong, but being able to integrate the running game in a little bit different ways, I think that's going to be what's really interesting whenever we come out and finally see this product on the field. And I think that allows Dak to be a lot more free and allows everybody to be on the same page a little bit more. And that's always what comes up when we look at or we ask about what is the main difference between last year's offense and this year's offense. It's 
Last year, there was a little bit layer of unexpected. This year, there's a layer of expected. So we'll see that play out on the field. I'm excited to see it happen. But if anyone should be happy about it, it should be Dak Prescott. Well, I think the, the other elephant in the room, you talked about Zach Martin earlier being that elephant. I think there's a second elephant, and it was the turnovers. It, it, this, is, this is a quarterback that statistically throughout his career has taken care of the football. And, and yes, he's had double-digit interceptions, and that's, that's a normal thing in the NFL. I mean, look at any quarterback really outside of Aaron Rodgers and there's going to be double-digit interceptions if you're, you're throwing the ball as much as this offense and as much as Dak Prescott has. But 15 interceptions in the amount of games that he played last year is not acceptable in his mind. And he knows that more than anybody. I mean, fans have, have certainly harped on that significantly throughout. And I think, like you said, the, the work that he's doing with the, the wide receivers and with these pass catchers, I think it goes to show that he is focused on limiting the turnovers by making sure everybody's on the same page making sure that everyone knows their role knows their job going into it and that Dak knows everybody else's role as well and so I think for the most part the turnovers are going to be a big topic of conversation no matter what happens it, whether he's throwing an interception or he's not throwing an inter interception everybody's going to be on the edge of their seat watching Dak to wait for that moment and I think for Dak Prescott he doesn't want that moment to come very quickly he wants it to be later in the season after he's thrown a couple touchdowns first. Yeah, and it's important to note as well, and I know that we all know this because it's a conversation that we've had, uh, but the interceptions weren't all on Dak, right? There no. was timing issues, there was personnel issues, all of these factors. Uh, and so now that you've kind of seen the work that he's done in this offseason to really build that rapport so that can't be an excuse anymore, I think that's incredibly interesting. And I think, too, when you look at some of the players they've brought in, which we'll get into in the second half here, but uh, we had a chance to hear from Michael Gallup yesterday. You know, we, we knew that he wasn't on his game last year in terms of the mental side of things. Uh, now that we've had a chance to kind of check in with him, uh, Nick, for, for Michael Gallup to be stepping back into that role, uh, after you heard him speak the other yeah. day, what stood out to you about that? Well, I, I think that he's, he's obviously excited about this, this opportunity because this is one of those things where, you know, we say less is more. Sometimes more is more. And I think I think for Brandon Cooks uh, coming in here with CD, you know, that's one thing that I really like about what's happening is is they've added big players in Gilmore and in um, and Cooks that that are they're they're going to be playing alongside two of the best players here. And, and so with CD and, and also with Diggs and with Gallup falls in, I mean, is this this turned into a pick your poison? It really is. And so as long as I've said it a thousand times before, as long as they catch the football and when they don't, don't volley it up in the air, you know. But and, and, and that was some of the interceptions. Some are on Dak too. I'm not just putting it on the sure. tipped interception. Tipped. <laughs> tipped. <laughs> tipped. Yeah. Tipped. Tipped. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. Know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know. You know. <laughs> so I, I think this. I think it's going to be a great time for for Gallup. And you know that second year off the ACL is usually the one where they really just don't even think about it and they're coming into their own. I, I think it's a bounce back season for Michael Gallup. I'm on record as saying that on, on the podcast and, and written content. And and I, I believe that when you tandem the extended length of time now removed from the torn ACL with the addition of Brandon Cooks and you start seeing Mike McCarthy, he's going to take over the play calling duties. They're bringing in, you know, new football analysts, which, you know, seems that they're going to lean more towards that. It's all very interesting, very intriguing. And then when you talk to Michael Gallup and you see the air that's around him right now, this air that's around Michael Gallup, this air of confidence, this confidence was kind of absent when he came back last season because he was unsure of that knee. The knee has been structurally sound for months. 
but he needed this offseason to get more comfortable with it. That work you spoke about that he's been doing with Dak Prescott in the Dak yard. When we watched Michael Gallup in OTAs and in minicamp, and we talked to a lot of players, and Dak Prescott himself said they had to pull the reins on Michael Gallup and say, hey, we know that you're springy. We know that you're bouncy. We know you want to get out there and do some things, but just calm down. Time and place for everything. But that goes to his mindset right now, Michael Gallup's mindset being he's ready to get out there and start eating. Well, think about the, the two E's, experience and expectation, mm-hmm. and he's got both of those. He's the most experienced wide receiver in the wide receiver room yeah. going into this Isn't year. Isn't that crazy yeah. to think about? Crazy stat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is the elder statesman now in terms of the wide receivers. <laughs> wow. Not elder, now, Kyle. I will say, I will say <laughs> no, I, Brandon Cooks yeah. has been in the been in the NFL longer, but as far but as being in room. this locker room, <laughs> Michael Gallup has been there longer, it's and he has point. done that. And then you also talk about – I if think it is a good thing. If you've been there the longer than anyone else, is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, congrats. Yeah, yeah. Sure it can be. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it can, yeah, because no one's surprised about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy about Gallup. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, there, there's Nick. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I also going along with the experience is the expectation. I mean, he, last year with the, the, the departure of Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup was expected to be your number two. Yep. Mm-hmm. No doubt in your mind, once he was back – He's your number two, and it's it. That's that's where you were at. And then you were hoping a, a Jalen Tolbert could take the number three reign, so on and so forth. Neither one of those things really happened for the wide receivers. It never really came to fruition. Now, instead of being pigeon or not even pigeonholed, nailed into that number two spot last year, he's he's a little bit further down. He's that number three. So instead of having to be an un- above average number two, he can step in and be a great number three receiver. And I think even that brings him that ease, brings him that confidence. That not only has he been here, but now he's got a chance to do do some things further and not have that same level ex- of expectation and pressure on his shoulder. You know, I, I would say, looking at Cooks and Gallup, I would put them at 2A and 2B just because mm. of what they're, uh, what, uh, how their games complement each other. You know, you can put either in the slot, you can put either outside. They can all run a, a, various, a various route tree. I think when we look at the end of the season, those two guys are very close in stats mm. just because – Say it with your chest, Nick. It's Brandon Cook. Say it with, yeah, <laughs> with your chest. I've never understood that 1A, 1B, because you're still putting someone ahead. For sure. For sure. But Just I putting him it. in the same echelon. No, because, yeah, right. like, I, I could definitely see at the end of the season Brandon Cook's 850 yards, Michael Gallup 820. And, like, they're right there. Maybe right. Gallup has more year. touchdowns. You know, that oh, would be a fantastic. phenomenal season. You know, it's, it kind of reminds me of, like, a really good like a basketball team where that has a ton of shooters. Maybe they're not all going to be on one Is that night. the Warriors? Are you talking about uh, the Warriors? I, I was kind of <laughs> thinking them when they were really <laughs> doing their thing. And and if, if for that one night uh, out of the century when Curry's not on, Clay <laughs> will be century. on. And, and <laughs> it's just like you get, can't stop everyone. And so that's – you're right. It's like it might be Cooks one night. And then and then what we're going to talk about all week about, man, what are you going to do about Cooks? And then he'll have four catches for 22 yards and Gallup will have 190 or whatever. And CD just does his thing. That's the that's the what's great thing about having so many options. For and sure, I think they did not have in San Francisco. And For I, sure, I think better still when it comes to you talk about Michael Gallup's confidence in himself. Uh, the offensive play calling staff, Mike McCarthy, heading that he has demonstrated he has that same confidence in Michael Gallup. When mm-hmm. you, you hear Mike McCarthy say things like they're going to make Michael Gallup uh, a little bit more versatile in where they use him, that's basically tipping the hand on purpose to say, hey, <laughs> you're not going to always know where Michael Gallup is going to be lined up. We know that traditionally in his career 
with the Cowboys. More often than not, he's been that go deep, take the top off, and, and break the game open that way. But now we're going to see Michael Gallup in the slot, and we're going to see him moving around and really expanding his route tree. So that goes to the confidence not only that Gallup has in himself, but Mike McCarthy now has in seeing Gallup in this offseason saying, hey, mentally, you're there now. Let's uh, Kyle's going to fix our fire for us oh here yeah. on our solo <laughs> stove. That's a little hot. Uh, but <laughs> not going to lie. As Kyle adjusts the fire, there's no doubt that the true fire on this team comes from the defensive side Ooh, of the ball. Nice. Right? That's yeah. I like that. That was nice. Right that, was, that was well done. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> in, in all seriousness, though, we, we also got to hear from J. Ron yesterday, J. Ron Kurz. He talked about how healthy he was, how excited he was to get started started on a year where he's not having to battle through a ton of injuries, but just the defensive side of the ball in general, there's been talks about them being the best in the NFL or one of the best at the very least. Uh, how much does this team or how much should this team rely on the defense kind of like they did last year when they lost Dak or how are we feeling about yeah. that? I think, I think that the, the fact that they could be the best in the NFL you know, that, that's the goal. That's a realistic goal, to be the best defense yeah. in the NFL. And whether they are, you know, if you fall short of that, you're still a probably a really, really good defense, a great defense. So I think that's that's the key. But to have a great defense, you got to have great players. And, and there's two of the best of their position right now. You know, Trayvon, which they paid, and Micah, which – Hasn't gotten paid yet, but, man, when he does, <laughs> oh, man. That number's going to be staggering. <laughs> That's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. But but you, you, you need difference makers. You really do. And and they, they have that. And I think that helps everybody else. And it sounds like J. Ron Kurtz is ready to compete. Oh, yeah. While we were oh eating. Yeah. I oh think they yeah. were playing cards on they the other were. side. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the, he is the loudest one in the room. You always you, you know where sure. J-Ron is, no matter where it's at. There's competition <laughs> consistently at camp, whether it's – Riding the bikes furthest down. <laughs> and, and, I mean, even that, you got to be careful, of course. Yeah. Uh, even Dan Quinn <laughs> earlier was saying, don't <laughs> fall. Don't <laughs> fall <laughs> off the bike. Let me tell you something about we were on the bus going over there. Nick, you were you were with me, I believe. Yes. And the guys were walking in, and Tyler Smith, who's a big guy. Yeah. He has the loudest <laughs> high five or hands I've ever seen. <laughs> Am I wrong? Like, when they were walking yeah. in, it was like you, William Williams right here, William Boykins is here. It was like really like loud. <laughs> it was like they were off. ready to go. I <laughs> mean, a, a mean it, was, it was unbelievable. And I know that that sounds silly. I mean, have you seen his bench ability? <laughs> I mean, he's got some strength in there, so yeah. it's strength on strength. How loud do we true. think Mozzie's high five is? No, oh, Tyler Smith and Mozzie together <laughs> high fiving. I would not volunteer for tribute. That's the big boom. Okay, that's the big boom. I got one for you because the one on ones typically happen at the same time. Okay? So, he decision to make about the same time. Right over here, Diggs is, is CD going at it. First one, Mozzie and Tyler Smith in a one-on-one -on -one battle right here. <laughs> Which one are you watching? Or are you going to, like, take your Smith phone? Smith v. Smith. I know. Yeah, I'm watching Mozzie. Smith I'm Smith watching Mozzie and, and Tyler. As Smith. Because, Smith. listen, there's no – there's. I'm sure that Trayvon CD, that would be interesting. It would not be nearly as interesting. Whoa. Yeah. We've seen that. As Mozzie and Tyler. Yeah, right. Like, we got that. But Mozzie – I think that's going to be. But even if it was Stefan and CD, you know, I'm I'm going to see the Smiths. I want to see yeah. how ready Mozzie is. And, and, to, and to that point, that we're oh fired up God. here. When <laughs> when when practices really get going, that Mozzie Smith versus Tyler Smith that's battle. It's going to be good. I mean, this is the Hope versus <laughs> Thanos. That's yeah. going to be fantastic. But, Hope but versus Thanos. I'm telling you. Uh, but to your to your uh, question, first of all, I'd be remiss if I did not sit here and and give the Cowboys a an ovation for the fact that we're sitting here in 2023 and we're talking about leaning on the Cowboys 
defense. Yes. We're, we're not far removed from the Mike Nolan days and uh, as great of a coach as Rob Marinelli was. That defense just really couldn't get things gelled. But in Dan Quinn's short time here, he's already turned this defense into one of the best in the league and statistically in several categories the best in the league to the point where we're looking at the Cowboys offense, which just a couple of years ago was the best in the league. Cowboys were leaning against uh, leaning on that offense. Yeah. So. First of all, that's fantastic. But I will also say I believe unequivocally if you go and ask every single player or any player on the Cowboys offense, none of them will talk about leaning on the defense. They all yeah. take ownership sure. of wanting to back be. To the competition. Yeah, they want to be the, the ones that everybody looks at and say, of course they want the defense to shine, but they also want to be the reason or the big contributor to the Cowboys potentially getting ranked number six. They don't want it. When it's all said and done, if the Cowboys do make this a very special season and get the sixth franchise ring, the Cowboys' offense will be there celebrating and happy and thankful that the defense did their mm -hmm. job. But none of those offensive players want to hear the narrative that oh. it only happened because of defense. I, I'll say this, though, and, and, and the, my favorite thing that I loved about what Des Bryant did when he was here is he brought the level of competition and practice every single day. Yeah. He was that guy like Jaguar all the time. And then he, the real he, X. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Hey, the best moment of camp out here was when he called out about seven corners in you a row. You can't stop. You can't me. guard me. You you can't guard me. You can't guard me. You know, you, you can't guard me. But uh, no, and, and who's that guy? Who's that guy on offense? Because yeah. you know, you look look at the the best players. They're on offense. They're still kind of the quiet ones. Zach, Tyron, yeah. Pollard, CD, kind of CD will talk. Uh, Brandon. Somebody's got to be that yeah. guy that, that 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 says, all right, enough of this. Enough of this. J. Ron Curse and Micah and Trayvon talking. We got to bring it. So that that's what I'm excited to see. On I offense. think that's Dak. It might uh, be. That is most I was going to say it might yeah. be Dak. Out of the guys it's got to be Dak, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we're going to go ahead on that note. We're going to go ahead and take our break here on Camping Out, presented by Solo Stove. Before we do that, if we've got a campfire, oh, oh, oh we, we, we got to yes. out, right? We'll do yes. this in the break. We're but I got some, some s'mores. Pass this around. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got s'mores, and we'll talk more about some of those position battles here on Camping Out. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. <laughs> but the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest 
version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to Cowboys Camping Out. Presented by Solo Stove. And guys, obviously, this is so much fun roasting marshmallows. You guys are having some issues over here catching them on fire. It's a little it's, hot. It's hot on this I'm going to blame that Shop on myself. I think I put one too many logs in the Solo Stove. But how it's interesting is this? We're sitting out here. Obviously, the weather is beautiful, and we've got this fire in front okay. of us. It's not too hot. It's not s- smoking up at all on it. That's one of the benefits to this Solo Stove is that there's no smoke. Well, the... P- the people in, in Texas that are watching this yes. are like, I hate all of them. Because we have this without the fire. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, you could probably roast a marshmallow from outside. This is Texas. <laughs> this is Texas right here. Uh, you can use your promo code COWBOYS10 to get $10 off your new solo stove pit and finally escape that smoke for good. Like I said, we've been sitting here for about 30 minutes now. We haven't had any issues, so this has been great. The uh, the, the funny thing is, is you said $10, $10 off, right, like on the promo code. Th- I'm going to order this and send it, ship it back. I'll yeah, like I'm gonna I'm going to ship it back I'll, I'll, I'll automatically. It's great. I'm a big campfire guy, if you can't tell. Yeah, I brought the scores. I got the logs. I am making a wonderful <laughs> mess of <laughs> this. Is, this is my thing. I am making a wonderful this is, mess. This here. is my thing, guys. Let's talk a little bit about what to expect here at Cowboys training camp this year because obviously we talked about, you know, the press conference and all of that. Uh, To me, there's some really interesting position battles that will go on over the next couple of weeks, and we touched on it a little bit (laughs) with Michael Gallup. (laughs) This is the biggest (laughs) position battle right here. (laughs) Microphone versus Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) So far. (laughs) You can move it. Can we get a zoom in on the You can move the microphone. Dude, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's it's everywhere. It is everywhere. No, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, well, while Patrick. This is all authentic, ladies and gentlemen. This is how we do. <laughs> this is how we do. At this point, I don't know who will be the starter this the marshmallow or you or your mic. It's uh, to be determined. <laughs> little stay uh, puff going on here. Let's talk about the wide receiver group first because. All right, receiver, go. <laughs> because to me, you know, we have one, two, three sorted out as we've discussed, but four and kind of under that, there's a lot of question marks. The Cowboys added a lot of wide receiver power in this. Uh, I can't with Patrick. <laughs> focus. Yes. It's really hard to focus here. <laughs> Jalen Tolbert, Timmy Fajoko. That's oh. where my mind goes initially. And, can't and battle. He's going to be, can't you know, battle. at that number four spot. Uh, now that we've kind of seen what they bring to the table, who has the edge there? Or what's the expectation for that spot? Well, I think right now, uh, at least based off of the, the early parts of, of OTAs and minicamp, Brian Schottenheimer even talked about it, both of them have, have seen a step up. Both of them have continued to grow in their respective positions and in, 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 in their responsibilities. But it's it seems like Jalen Tolbert might be the guy who's taken that leap furthest. And it's been talked about in the NFL before, that second-year jump, taking year one to year two and having that full offseason in the NFL for the first time and trying to, to take advantage of that and make that jump. Well, the fact that Tolbert has has established a, a better connection with Dak Prescott. He's done 
uh, everything he's needed to do to, to continue to do that. But he's also latched on to a guy like Brandon Cooks, who's been there and done that in terms of his career already and a, a very similar skill set. I think Jalen Tolbert might have the early leg up. And I, I still think Simi Fajoko has an advantage just being one year in the NFL further. But from a, a Jalen Tolbert's standpoint, I think he has more to prove going into this year than a Simi Fajoko does. Uh, absolutely. And both of these guys have urgency. And I think yeah. urgency will create even more competition. You look at Simi Fajoko, he's been in the building. This is his opportunity to get on the field now. And he, he showed out in training camp last year, battled some injuries, wasn't really able to get the on-field product there, which is, which is unfortunate. And then you have Jalen Tolbert, on the other hand, who if you ask him, he'll, he'll straight out tell you, year one did not go how I planned it mm -hmm. to go. And, um, you know, I think there's an extra layer of urgency there with him going into year two, being able to prove that, you know, he is a, a valuable reason why to, to be a high draft pick. And, um, you know, if I had to pick one right now, I actually think it's I think it's pretty difficult. I, yeah. You know, I hear a lot of Tolbert answers quite a bit. And, and, you know, I don't think there's a wrong answer. But, you know, I think Fajoko has done a lot this offseason to not only get his body right, like you said, his mentorship with Brandon Cooks, I think is going to help a lot in that department, but also getting closer with Dak Prescott and, and getting closer with this receiver group. I think it's going to be a very interesting battle. And I also won't count out a couple of these undrafted free agents sure. that they have. Uh, you know, Jalen Moreno Cropper is a guy yeah. I've been super high on throughout this process. You know, I think I think he's a guy that's at least going to push these other guys and make it an interesting competition. Nick, real quick, I want to go back to Nick really quick because you were at the Senior Bowl and oh yeah. you had an opportunity to speak with Jalen Tolbert about that first year. So if you could just share a little bit about that yeah, conversation. And it, and it was funny because it went full circle today, uh, like a few hours ago, at the, you know, ordering ice cream. But um, <laughs> no, but but we talked at the Senior Bowl in the rain. It was raining, and that was his, that's his home turf in Mobile, um, you know, South Alabama. And he came back and he was talking about. You know how he didn't—he didn't know a whole lot about last year. It's kind of what Nick was saying. It just, just, just from packing here at camp to lining up right, then you know, and he—he he, he takes all of that. Uh, but he—he he was so excited about this year, and we sort of talked about it on the staff because we, a lot of us have had conversations, and we kind of got to the point. All right, enough, enough. He—he's got to do it at camp. He's got to do it at camp. And so when I talked to him today, we sort of talked a little bit about it. I was like, I know it's—it's it's time to, to to do this, you know. And, and he was like, Man, I'm so excited. He goes. He kind of even said enough, enough talking, time to play. So That's I'm awesome. excited about him for that. But I, I agree with Nick. You know, I mean, don't forget the little guy. I mean, really, I, I think Turpin has a shot. Okay. I, I really think that you know, if if he can, if he can, can can figure things out, um, you know, and 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 just figure out the offensive side. We know he's going to be a good returner. But I, I'm, I think Turpin has, has a shot to do some things. Well, and it, was, it was about this time last yeah. year. I'll, I'll be short. But it, it was about this time last year that Dennis Houston was starting to enter the oh conversation yeah. sure. as well, too. So that. don't don't worry about these these undrafted guys. They're going to get their say, too. And Houston's still around, too. I yeah. mean, he's back again, and he's going to have a chance to continue to grow with Dak as well. And, and Dennis Houston, he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, uh, being that he was one of the camp stars last year, yep. but he had a hard time breaking onto the field during the season. So he is coming into this camp wanting to, number one, stack good camps but also this time around prove he's more than just someone who can show out at camp uh, but then when you segue to semi Fajoko versus Jalen Tober that's for me one of the most explosive head-to-head matchups going into training camp and it's hard to say who has you know 
more leverage than the other because Jalen Tolbert, former third-round pick, obviously that's instant leverage versus yeah. Semi Fajoko's status coming into the league. However, Semi Fajoko, he's been uh, with the Cowboys longer. He has chemistry with both that with Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, and Will Greer now. So Semi Fajoko, he was a star of training camp last year before uh, injuries kind of derailed his 2022 season. So he has the chip on his shoulder. But Jalen Tolbert has the chip on his shoulder. And Jalen and Semi are both being mentored not only by CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, but like you mentioned, Brandon Cooks as well. So uh, it's hard to say who has the lead. If I had to say, I'd say 51-49 in favor of Fajoko simply because of longevity as far as in the system science. and with the quarterback. Yeah, science. Um, but that's that's yeah, not yeah. a <laughs> – well, you need math and science. You need math and science. Ah, still nice. Um, but I say that to say the margin of, of error is very slim between both of them. Both of them understand they're going to have to come into this year's camp and really step up and show s'more to uh, Dak Prescott yeah. and Mike McCarthy. Yeah, corny. More for the that rest of us. <laughs> that is your corny line that I'm going to continue about. Can't let that one slide. I had a corny tweet. He had a corny line yesterday. Pat's now joined the club. Nick, you're next. I blame yeah. the marshmallows. I'm disgusted. I mean, this is this show is a mess. Okay? <laughs> Dude, we're on fire right now. All right, this all right. is crazy. Oh my gosh, get back on track. <laughs> Obviously, another area that will be interesting as well is that running back position. And I asked Mike McCarthy today what he's looking for in terms of that second yeah. running back. Are they looking to fill the role that Ezekiel Elliott filled, or or what's the criteria there? And I thought his answer was interesting because we've coined this term, the one-two punch around here, and that's kind of been the, the status quo for the running game is that one-two punch. You've got Tony Pollard, the elusive, Zeke, who was the bruiser. Mike didn't feel like it was necessarily important to keep that same yeah. style in that one-two tandem. So when you look at the running back options that we have, you've got Rico Dowdle, you've got uh, Deuce Vaughn, you've got Ronald Jones, who they brought in. And uh, who's Malik Davis. Malik Davis? Thank you. I, I could see his name in my or his face in my head. Uh, all of which are very different running backs in terms of what they bring to the table. So if you're Mike McCarthy, uh, what are you looking for really in that second spot to complement Tony Pollard? I do want to touch on the fact that I think it's a fantastic approach to go into this, not trying to replace Zeke, because we've seen teams in the league try to replace a big-time back or replace a, a big-time presence uh, maybe behind a starter back, and it, it, it goes it goes very, very south. So we've seen it with the Ravens. We've seen it with the Steelers in the last five years. So going into this being, hey, we're not looking for Ezekiel Elliott. We're just looking for RB2. I think that's a great approach. But, you know, who do I maybe feel like has the leg up here? I, I think just Ronald Jones because of what he brings physically. I think it's a lot different than the other group. Um, he has obviously experience as well, more than the other group. Um, so if I was a betting man, that's what I would put down right now. But I, I think it's going to be a really interesting competition. I don't think there's one guy that's out of it. I yeah. will say that. I, for me, I, I think that it's a, it's a situation where who, who can run the ball between the tackles the best? And it's not always third and two. You know, it, it's first and ten. Okay, Pollard has two series, and then now it's going to be Ronald Jones or it's going to be Malik Davis. But if, if you can't first down, get the five, get the six, and move the chains, then, then it's going to be tough. And that was so good about last year. Two backs that could kind of do different things, but they, they both had success. So who can run the ball between those two tackles and, and push the pile? We've seen it with Malik Davis against the Packers. You know, Pollard had a great game, but Davis had some had had a good showing as well. So I think it's going to be the bigger of the backs, and that's why I think Malik Davis is the guy that that's going to get to come in here. Kind of adding on to that, but 
we're talking about not replacing Ezekiel Elliott. We're not. We're trying not to replace Zeke. But one of the, the key factors that he brought to the football team last year was pass protection. Yeah, sure. And even though that's not the number one thing that you should grade a running back on, you should grade him on a ton of different things. But it matters. Pass catching, it absolutely matters. Especially it when your offensive line currently is, you know, down their in best question marks. Yeah, 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 So whoever can pass protect the best out of those backs, I think, is automatically going to have an advantage. Is automatically going to see some more reps. Even in the preseason, you don't want to see Cooper Rush go down. You don't want to see Will Greer go down. you got to pass protect in those situations just as much as you would protect Dak in the regular season. I mean, I don't want to break any news here, but I mean, but, uh, come on now. So <laughs> if Zach Barton's not here, Dak uh, will not be here. You're exactly right. So uh, I just think that Pass protection, while it, it, it may not be number one, it's got to be high on the list because that's what Zeke brought to your team last year, and that's what you don't have, at least on the outside looking in, to start the year here in 23. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that completely as far as pass pro is concerned. And, and I will say, although I don't think many could argue that uh, Tony Pollard's pass pro is not the same as Ezekiel Elliott's, but that's not a knock to Tony Pollard because not many running backs in the league were able. No, but he was pass protecting back in right, the league. Right, exactly. And, and Tony might, might be the best starting pass protecting Ezekiel back. Ezekiel Elliott was. Zeke was. Yes, oh, yeah. Zeke was. Specifically. And, but I will say that Tony Pollard's pass pro has dramatically improved, yes, even over has. the past season, from one season to the next, from 2021 to 2022, it has improved. Uh, it, but even with his improvement, it's going to be. Uh, interesting to see who can step up in the pass pro area and be that from an RB2 standpoint. Yeah. But I'm going to throw a curveball here. We're talking about the short yardage version of Zeke, who's going to be able to kind of bully and run between the tackles. Well, here's the curveball. What a, what about the mouse amongst the Redwoods, right? Deuce Vaughn. Not a mouse, Patrick. It, amongst the Redwoods. If you, if you go back and you look at Kansas State film and you look at what Deuce Vaughn has been able to do as far as short yardage, red zone, he disappears between the A-gaps. Sure. It, it becomes difficult for those bigger, taller guys to get a hand on him before it even matters. He was really good in the red zone. Correct. So really I, I say that to say, going to Nick Harris's point, I love that the Cowboys are going into this camp with an open-minded approach as, as opposed to saying we need to find another Zeke archetype. We're, they're simply saying we need to find a definitive RB2, but we're not afraid to mix it up. So when you see Deuce Vaughn in the game, does that mean he's definitely going to be out on the bubble screen? Not necessarily. I know, I know, you're gonna know. <laughs> I know where you're going to go. You're, gonna throw not, you're not going to throw another curveball out there? Uh, no, no, I'll let you go then. No, I, I, I go thought go for then. sure Nick was going was to throw Hunter Lipke. Yeah, yeah. Hunter <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he, uh, he was going to be a part of my <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that right now. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. I, 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 I want to start it off with there are ways to negate it schematically, and it, we're talking about this offense. There's going to be a lot of West Coast implements, and that's that's horizontal concepts. Texas Coast. Exactly. Texas Coast. <laughs> Get it right. Exactly. Coast. But w o OG West Coast concepts. We're on the West Coast. <laughs> exactly we're on the West Coast. we got to show respect. <laughs> you know? We're showing Texas respect. Coast. Tell right. me when to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, Ezekiel Elliott were linebackers' biggest nightmare. And um, it, you want to get those linebackers back out in coverage, put them in horizontal concepts. That's why I think Deuce Vaughn probably has an advantage here, just because they're going to look for the short yardage guy now because they don't have that blitzing linebacker coming in. Granted, still going to need a running back that can provide help and, pa and, and pass protection, especially if the offensive line situation doesn't get worked out. But I think that's just another way to look at it. But Hunter Lipke, I think he might be the best <laughs> pass protection <laughs> running back in the room. 
knows who IU is, how they feel about him. Just because he's so versatile. Uh, he's a true fullback, but that uh, that can also get out and play in the receiving game. Is he going to flex and back? If, uh, yes, yeah, flex I, yeah, exactly. Back. A, flex a flex back. back. A flex like back. Him. Yep, and uh, I, I think I think he can do a lot of different things. He may not be ready in year one, but you know, year two, year three, I, I think he's going to be a really big asset to the Nick team. Nick Harris has been spending his offseason watching film. Homework. Did yeah. you hear that? Let's flip mm -hmm. the script a little bit here because obviously uh, the pass protection immediately went in my head. It, it made me think of the tight end group that we currently have. Mike McCarthy and then touched on the fact that Dalton Schultz is no longer with us. Uh, so now you rely on a Jake Ferguson, a Peyton Hendershot, a, and Seth Green. You know, a lot of these guys who are still pretty new to the organization. We, we saw the production from both Jake and, and Peyton last year. Now you add in Luke Schoonmaker, who's had some plantar fasciitis issues. Uh, I'm just kind of excited to see what that position battle looks like because I think it's super underrated because initially in my head it goes Jake Ferguson is the guy. Yeah. But the things that Jake Ferguson lacks, Peyton Hendershot brings to the table, vice versa, and, and some of these other guys as well. Uh, I'm just excited to see that yeah, battle. This has got to be Patrick. This is a kitchen situation. I think he needs it. <laughs> Go for it. Go for tight end here. Corny. <laughs> I, you, you set me up. You told I me you told so good. Good. It was so, so there you go. You. I, now it's complete. You know what, now it is bad complete. Bad jokes. Bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> right, go for it. Go for it. When it comes to the tight ends, it, it, I couldn't be more excited. And, you know, Dalton Schultz, he was one of the, the big one of the big producers for Dak Prescott and, and he was Dak Prescott's favorite target when you look at it from a statistical standpoint. You you don't have Dalton Schultz. I wrote a piece on the production that now needs to be replaced in the absence of Dalton Schultz. I think but at the same time, I was ready to see Jake Ferguson unleashed. So when the Cowboys decided to uh, part ways with Dalton Schultz, I I didn't feel a way about it because I'm ready for these young guns to get up there and really do some things. And and to your point, they're so complimentary that it's fantastic. Jake Ferguson is more of the, the downfield threat. He can get you that yak. You get him the ball in space, he can make some guys miss. Not to say that Jake can't because we've seen Jake be able to do that, but his game is more uh, a better of a pass protector than Peyton Hendershot. He's more of a security blanket. Um, so those two complement themselves well, but then when you look at Luke Schoolmaker, Yes, he's dealing with the plantar fasciitis, but I can't wait to see him get out there because he's more of the complete. He's like Jake Ferguson plus Peyton Hendershot, and then you get to throw in some guys like Steph Green. We see what Sean McEwen can offer as well. So it's a young uh, locker room as far as the tight ends are concerned, but the Cowboys have reason to be excited, and that's why they were able to, you know, willfully part ways with Dalton Schultz. you got to love what you saw from uh, Ferguson and Hendershot last year. I think what's so exciting about this tight end room is that it's not cut and dry. It is not – straightforward by any stretch because like you said Jake Ferguson might be the guy for now mm -hmm. but there are so many different aspects to this tight end room that can play a factor I mean Peyton Hendershot's the deep threat take the top off I've heard from multiple people that they really like John Stevens out of mm -hmm. Louisiana Lafayette rookie undrafted free agent he could maybe come in and steal some snaps away here and there Seth Green has been in the program for a year now uh, I, there are just multiple names thrown into the fold, and I think they're all going to get a shot, especially if Schoonmaker misses some practice time. And, of course, I would much rather see our second-round pick in the fold getting practice time. But if he's out, not out there, it allows some of these other young tight ends to maybe come in, rotate in, and see what you have. But it's also not a foregone conclusion that Ferguson or Hendershot will be the guy. Because yeah. you look at the back half of last year, the final eight games of the year, both of them were severely limited in their production. They still made strides in terms of pass protection. They made strides in learning the offense. 
But that was when Dalton Schultz really took over. So now it's wide open yeah. for all these young tight ends to come and take this position as their own. And that's what's exciting to me because it might not be the security blanket that we've seen in the last couple of years with Jason Witten and then toward the back half of his career and then what Dalton Schultz was when he stepped in to the starting role. This might be something completely different from the tight end position that the Cowboys haven't had in quite some time. Here's what's going to be fun about the Cowboys tight end position. The, the fact that if you're the opposing defense, I think more often than not, the opposing defense is actually going to, uh, quote, unquote, forget about the tight ends. Yeah, you have, to, you have to be to concerned say. with CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, and they might be, could be a trip set. They might be on the field at the same time, Sounds maybe two to three. But then you have to contend with Tony Pollard, uh, maybe depending on who RB2 is. But if Deuce Vaughn is back there, Hunter Lipke is back there. You know, you you have so many (laughs) weapons at the skill position for the Cowboys offensively that I think there are going to be times more often than not where Jake Ferguson, Luke Schoonmaker, Peyton Hendershot, they're going to kind of fall between the cracks. And that becomes a big play, potentially a game-breaking play. So I think when you look at all the skill positions, the Cowboys tight end room will benefit. We talked about Gallup benefiting from Cooks being here. I think – the tight end room will benefit from having so much talent surrounding them that opposing defenses will forget about them until it's too late. Well, Schultz made a career out of it. I mean, he did uh, out of a guy that no one really thought you know could could be a difference maker and really respected that much as far as, a, as somebody that could, that could hurt him. And then you know he had what sixty five catches, uh, you know sixty plus catches like two years in a row. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no, no disrespect to him, but he was never the focal point guy. And no. but yet, but he can still that position can serve as the security blanket. So mm-hmm. th- that's that's a good thing. And you know, Dak's not afraid to, to check it down and move the chains. So you know, because that that extends the play. So I think guys like Ferguson and and and, and Schoonmaker for sure. And then if you get too greedy. Hendershot can, can kind of stretch the field. That goes back to the horizontal aspect of the of the offense as well. If you're using those tight ends in space. Why not throw them the football? Why not yeah. get the ball to them and, and make it an easy read for Dak Prescott? I mean, that's what Mike McCarthy's talked about all offseason, making things easier on your quarterback. And if these tight ends are able to get open, even if it's a little bit of separation, give him that window that's within five to ten yards, that works for me. Yeah. Let's, let's rack up the receptions. Catch, they don't catch the ball and go down. When they catch the yeah. ball, they're looking, they rumble. To make, yeah, they're looking to make the play. They're Hurdle. looking to make the guy miss. <laughs> yeah. or, jo- I was say, or, jump, or Texas two-step the way Jake Ferguson did. The yeah, Eagles. in Philly, yeah, there you that go. Yet. That's so, my Philly That's what I mean. So when these tight ends get the ball, they're, they're not looking <laughs> to go down. They're looking to make the play. Yeah. Last thing here before we wrap up uh, here on our camping out segment. We start practices tomorrow officially, and I'm going to put you guys on the spot a little bit here. Who do you think will be the biggest surprise at camp this year? Biggest surprise. I'll, I'll start. Uh, I'll start. Uh, Six-round pick. You trade it up to go get him. Cornerback from Southern Miss yeah. as our lights go out on a on a <laughs> nice night here in California. Eric Scott Jr. I think it, last year you saw what Deron Bland did at training camp. He was a, thir- a day three draft pick. <laughs> he was somebody that, that came in, was relatively under the radar. I think Eric Scott Jr. could do something very similar. He's got all those traits that when he gets rotations, he's going to take advantage of them. He'll start with a lot of special teams looks, just as Jerron Bland did, but then you turn around and you've got a chance to maybe see Eric Scott Jr. make some noise by the time we're, at, we're done out here in Oxnard. Uh, I'm going to say Brandon Cooks, just because I don't think the fan base is talking about him enough. Mm. It doesn't feel like, you know, when this team has talked about that Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks gets brought up enough, and there are going to be some downfield action with him in training camp and with Dak. Uh, I think he's I think he's going to open a lot of eyes this month. Um, for me, it, I'll go to the linebackers, and uh, I, I said that 
as far as who has the biggest jump is between Damone Clark and Sam Williams. So I think that's the conversation that the fans are having. But I'm going to look at Jabril Cox. I think Jabril Cox, you look at the confidence he was uh, practicing with in OTAs and minicamp, made a couple of game-saving plays, what would have been game-saving plays in the two-minute drills in minicamp. His confidence is sky high. He's much like Michael Gallup. He's farther removed from the torn ACL now. I talked to Jabril uh, earlier today, and he, like Gallup, he, he's carrying this air of confidence that wasn't present until now. I think Jabril Cox is going to surprise a lot of people. For me, I'm going to go with Matt Willetsko at, at, le- at left tackle or guard or right tackle, wherever they're going to use him. A lot of talk about Tyron, a lot of talk about uh, Steele coming back and all that. But I think Willetsko's jump from year one to year two, coming back from shoulder injury, I think he's going to give them some problems to have on the offensive line of, of, of figuring out what they're going to do with depth. But I, I think he, he's going to man one of those backup tackle positions, maybe even the swing tackle, and give them a little bit of uh, security if one of these other, you know, Steele's not ready or Tyron gets hurt. I like well, let's go. I think he has a chance to do something. I like it. I'm going to go uh, on the rookie side, and I'm going to say DeMarvian Overshown, and I'm going to say it with the – Guys of now knowing him as a person. We had the opportunity to go down to ARP on Saturday uh, and really get a feel for who he is as a player. And when you see the support fan base that he has back home in that city and his family, uh, you get why he balls so hard. You get why he works so hard. Uh, And listen, this is a guy that Dan Quinn is very excited about in terms of special teams ability, but also really getting some reps in on the defense. So I'm thinking from that rookie group, I like Eric Scott, but I like Demo a little bit better. So uh, keeping an eye on all of that for sure. We're going to go ahead and wrap up because I can't look at you anymore. (laughs) You've got marshmallow all over your hands. It's all over the mic. So this has been so much fun. Thank you so much to Solo Stove for providing us with this awesome fire. It's now our lights. Kyle, yeah, our lights are going now. Kyle, thank you for giving us the s'mores. Uh, Like I said earlier, practice gets underway tomorrow for uh, the Cowboys as well. So we'll see some of those position battles get underway. But, guys, it's here. The 2023 season has officially started. For Kyle, Nick, Patrick, Nick, I'm Haley. Sutton, we will see you guys at practice tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?